welcome to the latest edition of Talking Health and Life Sciences. I'm Hannah Randalls, Health and Life Sciences Sector Champion at Growth Platform in Liverpool City Region, and today I'm joined by Dr Phil Jennings. Welcome, Phil. Hi, Hannah. It's lovely to be here. It's great to have you. So Dr Phil Jennings is a practising GP who joined the Innovation Agency as Medical Director in 2016, before being recently appointed as Chief Executive in Autumn 2020. He has a specialist interest in cardiology and was previously the primary care lead for the Cheshire and Merseyside Cardiac Network and helped to develop the Wirral Intermediate Cardiac Clinic. He joined the management team of Royal PCT and subsequently became chairman of NHS Wirral Clinical Commissioning Group, where he led the organisation through its development and authorisation. He moved to NHS England Northwest as deputy medical director, a role he continued part-time in his first year with the Innovation Agency. So I guess, firstly, Phil, congratulations is in order on your new appointment as Chief Executive of the Innovation Agency. Thank you. Um, so I wonder, can you just tell us a bit more about yourself and then obviously about this new role? Yeah, sure. So um, as you've heard, so I'm a medic by background. I um, studied in Newcastle at university there and um, then spent the first part of my career in Newcastle and the Northeast where I was a cardiology trainee for some time. Um, I then kind of had a change of uh, path, um, met my wife, uh, who's a Wirral girl by background. And so um, I moved down here and, and switched from secondary care to primary care um, and was a GP on the Wirral uh, in partnership uh, for, about a, for about a decade or so. Um, yeah. But I've, um, I've always had some kind of additional interest. So as you say, I was in the PCT for a little while and then the CCG. Um, but then after that, I had some other really good opportunities to work in other bits of the NHS. So the, the network again, as, as cardiology lead uh, and then NHS England. Um, and it was really kind of by chance that um, an opportunity came up to join the innovation agency. So uh, Liz, me and my old boss at the time was looking for someone who had a primary care background and some commissioning experience. So I seemed to fill the, fill the spot. So I, I came to the innovation agency uh, with that in mind, but um, not long after I joined the then medical director moved on and um, I became interim medical director uh, and then subsequently yeah. the, the full-time post. Uh, and that role really grew, I think, as a number of other programs with a clinical focus came down the line for the innovation agency and became a full-time role. Um, and then, as you know, mo most recently, Liz has moved on now uh, to Yorkshire uh, to lead the um, academic health science platform up there. And uh, I've been lucky enough to, to step into her shoes uh, and carry on the good work as, as CEO. Perfect. Um I think, you know, it's great to have obviously the experience that you've got that can come through um, into that role and support with that um, that piece as well. So have you got any specific career highlights? Are there any, you know, moments that resonate well with you? Well, I suppose I should say that this is probably the pinnacle of my <laughs> career so far. Otherwise I'll be upsetting a lot of people. I mean, again, I've I've been fortunate enough to work in lots of different parts of the system and... Um, I think each of them has presented its own opportunities and uh, and challenges. So, again, from a clinical perspective, you know, when I was a cardiology trainee, being on call and involved in the real kind of um, 
cut and thrust of primary PCI and things at the time was was you know as as kind of exciting as it gets really from a um, an acute medicine point of view uh, dealing yeah. pe- with people who are really acutely unwell. Yeah. But then again, when I've moved across to primary care again, that's brought its own privileges as well. So being able to look after people through the course of an illness, again, looking after a lot of people at the end of their lives uh, in the community in, in nursing and residential homes. I think at the moment that's really set me up well for the current job since we've got such a lot of focus um, in that area. So it's hard to, to kind of pick out one little bit, but I feel that I've, um, I've been quite privileged to have that opportunity to work, you know, around different bits of the system. Yeah, definitely. So I guess for those who don't know about the Innovation Agency and and what you do, can you tell us a little bit more about what you do and and who it's for and how things work? Yeah, it's it's always a tricky thing, you know, if you're in the pub and someone asks what you do, you say you work for the Innovation Agency. It sounds a bit sinister, doesn't it, really, in a way? (laughs) And even Academic Health Science Network doesn't help. Um, So so the Innovation Agency is one of 15 Academic Health Science Networks. So we're in our seventh year of existence now so we're just about exactly halfway through a second five-year license period we came around with the lansley reforms at the same time ccgs were formed um and we're essentially the innovation arm of the nhs is one way we've been described in the past so we kind of act as a bridge between uh, research industry and then the front line of the NHS. Um, so one of the one of the things that we're really good at in the UK is invention. So again, going back through history, there's many many proud medical innovations that you can look back at. You know, penicillin, CT scanners, structure of DNA. But perhaps where we're not as good is the spread. Um, of those new ideas from one place to another. And again, through my various roles, increasingly what you recognize is that you can have pockets of excellence. So in one hospital trust doing something that's really fantastic, but it's not being done in the hospital next door. And again, that's the same with primary care. So we'll get some GPs who are doing some really good stuff with their patients, but it's not necessarily shared across that locality and it's certainly not shared when we get onto bigger footprints you know a regional footprint or a national footprint so ahsn's were thought of as a way of both bridging that gap between those pockets of excellence but also accelerating the pace of ideas uh, getting into frontline practice and really shortening that Um, certainly when we were first um, brought into existence, it was taking over a decade for proven research outputs to be in the hands of a a frontline clinician, a nurse on the ward or a GP in the community. Um, And we've gone some way to addressing that, but again, that probably still remains a big challenge for the NHS. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, And what would you say then are the current priorities for the Innovation Agency? So, At the moment, I think we would look at things in a kind of a short, medium and long term. And as you might expect at the moment, uh, where we are with the COVID pandemic, um, our current priorities are very much focused around our contribution to that fight against COVID. Yeah. Uh, So we're heavily involved in 
the rollout um, of an initiative called Oximetry at Home, which is a, mm -hmm. a step up and step down program for patients who have either had COVID and have been in hospital, but can be discharged safely to their own homes with some remote monitoring technology and clinical pathways wrapped yeah. around that. Um, or alternatively, it's patients in the community who have COVID who don't need to go in hospital if they can have some um, additional uh, monitoring put in place. So yeah. we're helping to have that program spread across all of our CCGs. So we're, we're well on the way to that. So well, have, well over half of our CCGs are live of us today, the 1st of December. But um, again, over the next few weeks, everybody's going to be mobilizing with that. Yeah. And we're also involved in another program around remote monitoring technology. So we're, we're using that in the regulated care sector. So care homes and nursing homes in the first case. But hopefully a lot of that learning will then translate into a broader piece of work around long-term conditions in the future. Yeah. So COVID's the focus immediately. I think if we're looking into the medium term, we need to recognise that um, outside of COVID, there's been a lot of other challenges in the NHS in terms of doing some of its business as usual. So we're helping in a, in a programme that people are calling either an NHS reset or recovery. Yeah. So again, that's looking at some of that routine work that we've not been able to do during COVID. Um, so there's some real headline stuff around, you know, cancer diagnosis, uh, but equally there's some other things. So for instance, you know, routine referrals for hip or knee replacements. Again, we're, we're likely to be seeing a lot longer waits than we've been used to in recent years. And again, we need to be looking at how we can help the system to both cope with that backlog, but also maybe help patients to access their healthcare um, in other ways. Um, yeah. So supporting that reset and recovery would be our kind of medium term objective. And then finally, looking to the longer future, um, we have uh, what we call our innovation pipeline. So mm -hmm. that's a way that we can put a lot more structure around how we identify, develop and then deploy innovations um, within our system. So that's working with um, our partners in research and looking at the research outputs that we see, but equally it's supporting clinical entrepreneurs in our hospitals and, and yeah. primary care, uh, as well as helping to support our small businesses and startups in the health and life sciences sector. Um, again, if you've never sold into the NHS, it's a very difficult structure to understand, not least because it changes every, well, it seems like every year, it's obviously not quite <laughs> that frequent, but again, yeah. you're probably aware there's a big talk about CCGs and ICSs at the minute. So again, there's, we're on the brink of another slight change and it makes keeping up with that really difficult, especially when you're trying to find out who makes the decision, where the money flows. And also I think just trying to get businesses to understand that um, you know, adopting a product or a pathway in one part of the system will often have a lot of impacts in other parts of the system and the money doesn't always flow in a way that supports that. So there's quite a few uh, intricacies to understand. So ourselves, yeah. along with all of the AHSNs are adopting this pipeline. And so again, in the future, we should be able to be able, well, to map 
exactly what innovations we can see coming down the line and again getting our systems ready for adoption there. Okay and and I guess so do you have any programs or ways that you support businesses with that you know engagement with NHS and that innovation? So yeah I mean again we um, we have um, a whole kind of commercial arm which is what's unusual for us as an NHS organization so again part of the remit of AHSNs is to support um, economic growth within their regions so our commercial directors Lorna Green and her team um, directly supports um, startups and SMEs in our region to to help them penetrate that NHS market Um, so a lot of what we do is that kind of navigation and signposting. So we've got quite a diverse mix of staff within the innovation agency from lots of different backgrounds. So some of which are kind of clinical like myself, but equally from many, many other backgrounds. Uh, And a lot of what we do is make introductions to who we know to be either the clinical leaders or maybe the decision makers within our system to help to get these new products in front of those people and, and get them um, get them signed up, get them contracts. And then ultimately where that's successful, we then use the network of AHSNs to spread that across the entire country. Yeah. Okay. So there's a there's a clear system in place, isn't there, I guess, um, to try and move um, businesses through that. Um, so the benefit, I guess, for businesses in engaging with the innovation agency isn't just from a you know a city region wide perspective it goes much further than that doesn't it the opportunity absolutely um and then obviously you touched before on some of the the, the challenges and um i guess what a, a a beast the nhs can be in in terms of trying to engage are there any you know real specific challenges that you would say are common that businesses face when they're trying to get into the nhs that you can help them um overcome um so there's that understanding piece for to start yes. with. So there's the, I think that um, the way the NHS is structured, so you can be familiar with the names of the different parts of the NHS, but again, um, I think the way that those parts are work together, so the kind of commissioning and provider split mm-hmm. is difficult to understand. Yeah. Um, and also, um, it's um, it's finding the right people to speak to often into for for a new business. Um, yeah. Um, and so often, it, where people may think they can pitch to say a hospital or a GP surgery, actually, what they need to be doing is to speak to a commissioner. So that would be at the moment the CCG, but maybe in the future, um, an ICS. And of course, most of the time most of the people who are working in the NHS are pretty busy doing patient care as you would expect and hope. Yeah. So again, it's finding the right people to speak to. And there's relatively few people that have that in their job description in terms of being able to look at innovation um, uh, or certainly look at, you know, economic growth and how the NHS can help to support its, its local economy and region. Um, Yeah. Part of our job, I think, is to try to make those connections and grow that network on our patch. Yeah. And do you think, obviously, with everything that's gone on with COVID and all of the the change and the innovation, I guess, that's happened as a result of, of COVID and the speed of that change, do you see other trusts um, 
looking to engage their staff to support them from that sense you know you've mentioned clinical entrepreneurs and you've mentioned you know clinicians obviously have their, their day job so to speak which is treating patients but do you think that the NHS will, will change in any way to support that for their clinical and non-clinical staff? So I hope so and again if you look at other industries then they normally value their kind of bright young things in terms of where does change and innovation come from? Again, in the NHS, we've not always been that great at doing that. Many, many of the times because we've been focused on training staff to provide clinical care to an agreed standard. So certainly when I went through medical school or my junior doctor training, there was, that was usually very much focused on the particular patient who was in front of me at any given time. I think obviously we're moving away from that. I think increasingly the NHS is recognising the role it plays. So both with its own staff. So usually the NHS is a major employer in any given part of the country. So there's a part the NHS has to play with its own workforce in terms of employee welfare. But then again, when it comes to innovation and development then yeah absolutely so most of our trusts will now have a senior person with innovation in their portfolio and that's helping to form part of our network and then recently as well we've seen some structural changes so there was a clinical entrepreneur scheme that was launched a few years ago that we've helped to support and that was initially for doctors but it's since broadened to um, other healthcare professionals but it gives it gives professionals in training the opportunity to take some paid time out to pursue a particular idea or innovation. Yeah. And again, that scheme has been very successful and we've had some, some great ideas and great products come out of that. So I think it's incumbent on us to make sure that we are supporting the staff who work in our region who've got those great ideas to help them again maybe sometimes navigate their own management structure to get to get them in front of the people who are making the decisions and support them through that journey yeah no it's all it's all positive isn't it it's all steps steps in the right direction um and you know like you've mentioned the innovation agency is there to obviously to support um and connect some of that stuff up which is which is brilliant um i guess my my final question that i ask everyone um and obviously given that you've you've moved or down rather to the world um is is what do you love working up oh, sorry what do you love about working in the liverpool city region and and sort of health and life sciences yeah well i mean liverpool is a really great place to be living and working um so i live on the Wirral, so i live in part of the city region one of our main offices is in the city itself um again i think anybody driving into liverpool from the motorway can't help but notice all of the regeneration that's gone on certainly over the last few kind of years whilst I've been here now particularly when you get to kind of Paddington Village and you can see the the new Royal the new Clatterbridge you know the the Royal College of Physicians spine building the Rutherford Centre it's um, it's really breathtaking to see that um, all on the university campus as well so I think that's given the city a real buzz in terms of people who are working either in direct clinical care or in that kind of wider um, wider system. And I suppose the other thing is that we've been in the news a lot, haven't we, recently? So, again, we were hit pretty hard with COVID, but it's been really great to see the remarkable job the clinical teams have done 
to make sure that you know the NHS has maintained its levels of service throughout the pandemic and our hospitals have really pulled together to make sure that people have had the care they need when they need it and now of course you've got the city leading the way in terms of the mass testing so again that's something that we should be really proud of and, and show that it's a place that we can kind of get things done and, and be leaders for, for new initiatives as they come through. So it's a really good place to be. I'm very, very optimistic for the future. Again, in terms of the assets that are here, we've got fantastic you know, clinical centres in and around the city, great universities and a very buoyant sector. So we have examples of big industry here, but equally a, a really thriving community of SMEs, particularly in the digital and data space. And so yeah. that's, that's something that we're really keen to continue to, to see thrive and um, as, as you know, time goes by. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, um, it's definitely an exciting, exciting sector to be in. And I think the excitement comes when some of the sectors converge. So like you've mentioned, we've got those digital companies and there's been so many examples of how digital has, has benefited you know, health and care services. Um, so yeah, it's, it's an exciting place to be, I think, isn't it? I agree, absolutely. I can't wait to get back into town when um, when yeah. the uh, COVID has gone away. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Brilliant. Well, well thank you very much um, for joining us today, Phil. It was it was great. It's great to hear about the Innovation Agency um, and it's obviously great to welcome you into, into your new role. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks a lot. I hope our listeners have enjoyed hearing about all the great things that are happening at the Innovation Agency. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel to learn more about what's happening in Liverpool City Region's health and life sciences community.